Hi, everyone. Welcome to the MBA Insider Podcast. I am your host, Al D, and the author of MBA Insider. This podcast is for career-driven professionals looking for advice on how to grow their careers by leveraging the skills, experiences, and knowledge gained from an MBA degree. In each episode, I'll give you a look into the business school experience, along with practical tips, career advice, and real-life stories to help professionals grow their careers. So today I have a special guest, and that's Tony Morash. And Tony and I are going to talk about MBA internship tips and advice. MBA internships are coming up. Certainly this summer is going to look a little bit different than they traditionally would have. So we're going to dig in and provide some tips and guidance for MBA interns out there just to kind of give you a lay of the land of, of how you can be successful. Some of these are things that are tried and true, and some of these are going to be a little bit new and different just because of the realities that exist for the environment that we're in, in terms of many of you being remote or many of you being in an internship in a compressed um, time frame. Uh, so uh, thank you, Tony, for, for joining me today and really glad to have you. And just for some background, folks, Tony is good friend and classmate of mine from UNC Keenan-Flagler, uh, class of 2016. And um, in addition to uh, being a Keenan-Flagler alum, uh, Tony was successful in terms of landing a summer MBA internship, uh, having an internship, as well as getting a full-time offer and going back there. And now he also uh, has mentored as well as directly managed um, summer MBA interns. So I think he's very well qualified to kind of speak um, to this topic. So Tony, thank you so much for joining me. I guess maybe like, let's start just kind of going back to your MBA internship experience. Uh, think back and uh, what did what do you think you did well um, in that summer internship experience when you were an MBA intern? Hey, great, great to be here as always. Um, you know, we're, we're always connected a few times a week anyway, so it's great to have these conversations, yes. that, you know, recording and, and thought, you know, these are thoughtful topics. So um, I'm sure it goes without saying that folks are probably uh, seeing the summertime a little bit differently than they have when we were in school. So I, I truly feel for some folks who either have to do this virtually or, or have um, had opportunities kind of disappear. So um, I, I hope these resources you're putting together are useful. And I hope that um, some of our companies can continue to, to step up because it's, it's definitely a challenging environment. So, um, so preamble aside, I, I was thinking about this one. It, it feels like forever ago that we were interns. It really wasn't, it wasn't that long ago. I guess it was only five years, but um, I think there were four. So the, the first one is attitude and there's, it's a no brainer, but there's really no excuse to not show up for 10 to 12 weeks and have a smile on your face and say, yes, I don't know how to do that, but sure. Yeah, I'll figure it out. Um, I, I was always in the very rare instances where folks didn't have a good attitude who were interns. I just couldn't, I really couldn't fathom what didn't get them out of bed in the morning. They'd, they'd spent all that time in school and all that effort getting to that place. I just couldn't fathom it. So to, to take the positive spin on it, attitude is, is number one. I, I showed up every day was, you know, never felt comfortable, but I was always smiling, always trying to do the right thing. Um, second is really to, I think I absorbed as much as I could. So I, I, I watched um, closely. I kind of observed, I listened a lot. Um, you know, I did, I had two projects during the summer in, in, this, in the consulting firm, and I did almost 50 interviews in those first few weeks of the summer. And the first one or two weeks, I was just watching everything. How did folks prepare? How did they approach the questions what were they asking why were they asking and things um i just tried to absorb and, and you know there's plenty of resources um at least in the consulting field to 
learn about industries and um, and functional offerings, just, just being kind of a, a sponge for that whole summer. Um, the third one is kind of when I felt comfortable sharing perspectives. So my, my value that I think I bring is kind of integrating concepts um, and trying to get in the weeds, but bringing it up to kind of key, key points. And um, once you kind of break out of that discomfort those first couple of weeks, um, you have to share your perspective. You got to create value in some way. Um, so not just sitting on your hands and, and, um, but trying to take opportunities to, to create value. Um, and the fourth one is maybe the most important, I think, as we kind of think about it, connecting to an offer. Like, there's no magic formula, right? But how to, how to think about the offer. I think I connected really well with, um, with people because I treated it as my first 10 weeks in the firm. I didn't treat it as a, an internship that was isolated or divorced from a career. I kind of thought, you know, I'm not asking you this because 10 weeks from now I'll disappear and I won't see you. Um, I thought, okay, so here's the foundation. I can do this task for you now and I'll see you in a year and then I'll do that. So task number two, um, I think I, um, I started to build some of those relationships that, that felt like they were going to continue. I think that was apparent to folks that I was in it, um, not just for the summer, but for, for kind of the long haul too. Um, does that, that, does that resonate with your experience too? Uh, you know, that, yeah. that last one to me was the thing that I, that I thought really stood out. Yeah, no, it absolutely does. And so first off, uh, the, I love the number one because it's one you can easily control in terms of how you show up and how you choose to approach the experience that you have that, that is well within your control, right? And so just really coming in with a mindset of wanting to make the most of the experience for better or for worse or whatever it is. And I think too, I think it's important to acknowledge that it might be a little bit different uh, for this year's interns in the sense that it probably isn't exactly what you thought it was going to be, you know, back in November, December, right? Just in, or even earlier before that of what this experience could be. But just to, you know, despite that, go in with the mindset of, okay, well, let's just, let's put our, Let's, let's, let's make sure we, we give our best every day. Um, that is well within anyone's control and something that everyone can do each and every day. So I like that for number the, the first point you made. Um, the other thing I was going to mention that I think you said, which really stuck out, is just the importance around adding value. And I think that that is something that is really important. And if you do it right, you do it intentionally. If you can do it, the sooner you can do it, the better off you're going to be. I think when you're new to a role or an opportunity, um, there's always a lot you're trying to absorb and you're trying to learn. And you should absolutely go in that mindset, right? Um, you know, it'd be foolish to think that you know more than people you're working with uh, who have been at the firm, you know, company for however many years. But um, always start kind of thinking about, you know, what can I do to contribute? And, and, and how can I, how can I do that in a way that, that adds value, I think is something you should always be asking yourself. And I, um, on that notion, I would, uh, I loved what you said about like thinking about your strengths, right. In terms of integrating concepts together in a way that, um, connects kind of the high level within the weeds and, and really brings things tightly. I think that's like a really good thing for people to really hone in on is like figuring out what do you bring to the table that you can, you can use right away so that you can add value, right? Because yes, there are things you're going to have to learn, but like, like everyone's got strengths. So I would just say, start with that. And like, that is going to be, I think the key to, to, to really honing in and adding value. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I think everything that you said makes a ton of sense to me. I think, 
um, one of the challenges or people kind of, I, I've shared this with some people before. One of the things that they kind of push back at me on or not push back, but just sometimes um, struggle with is how do you balance that, right? Of like, and I kind of articulated it of acknowledging that you are new and are learning a ton, but also wanting to raise your hand and contribute even though you are new. Like, how do you kind of, rec- how did you kind of reconcile that? Yeah, I, the same. These are hard questions, right? I, I, there, there were as I thought about the things that I observed in other people that they did well. It was um, folks who found creative ways to add values, maybe a, a kind of slightly way. I mean, I, I'll get back to your question of you know there were folks who kind of took. Um, it's tempting to think of yourself as a rookie because you you haven't done insert you know the field of the internship, but you have plenty of experience. I mean, you got into business school for some reason based on your background, and so folks who could, who could find parallels from their prior life, um, more, more successful, I think. Um, and, and, um, you know, this is the borderline between arrogance and confidence, I guess, is there, you, you have to be confident because you were chosen to be there. You, you were selected from, um, and we're in a small number of folks, so you can be confident in that. Um, but there's, I think there's a, at least in my internship, and, and I wonder if you had the same, is there was a little bit of a safety blanket of you, you were able to, you had to prove that you belonged and you had to complete a deliverable and you had to be very productive, but there was also a good safety net whereby, um, you know, if you, uh, if you asked questions all the time and you were thoughtful about what you were trying to do and you were trying, it was evident that you were trying, folks were mostly okay with that. I think it was when folks were getting in trouble when they were not asking questions, when they weren't when they were pretending to be further along than they were, maybe that's the way to answer your question. Like you, you, uh, if you were dishonest about what you knew and what you didn't, maybe that was when you got yourself in trouble. Yeah, I think that, I think that makes sense. And I, I agree with you. I mean, well, first off, if, if something's in your name, just deliver on it and execute on it. Right. And if you do that, I think that will, that will buy, that will buy you some trust and it will buy you some confidence as well. So I, I think right. that's for starters. And then once, once you've done that, or once you're doing that, to your point, I think the more that you show curiosity, the more you ask questions, the more that you show that you're in it and that you're committed to it, I think the more the naturally the opportunities are that are going to come up and rise up. And I think back to my internship and, um, you know, one of the things that happened at the time was that the team I was on was growing fast. And one of the things that had to happen was they had to hire. And if anyone has ever been involved in a hiring process before, you probably know that when you have to hire, it's, that's an addition to your day job. It's not like you can just, you know, focus your, focus your day job on that. It's like in addition to. And so hmm. I had been, you know, certainly in my time um, in my previous world before I had taken that internship involved in a lot in the hiring process, never like you know, had to make the decision, but I didn't been involved pretty frequently and I, I understood it. And, you know, I, I felt like I was a pretty good, had a pretty good grasp on how to interview and how to look for talent and people and the like. And so, um, on my team that summer, I raised my hand and said, Hey, um, I have some experience here. Um, I know that this is something that you're, you have a need for, and I know all of you are insanely more busy than I am. Do you think I could kind of run some of the, some of these processes? And, you know, in that case, it was like, number one, to your point, I was taking something from my past experience, um, bringing it into the equation. Number two, it had to happen because they needed, they needed people, they needed to bring them on board. Um, and number three, uh, it solved a problem in that 
these other people were busy and didn't have enough time for it anyway. And so right. I think in that world for me, that was like a really good experience because number one, I built some trust in terms of, you know, raising my hand and showing that I was committed to helping the team out um, and trying to help my, my teammates out. Number two, that I was also capable in that, like I did a good job facilitating the process and, you know, through my kind of recommendations, like showed a little bit of my analytical thinking and ability to understand what's going on. But number three, it was a very um, enriching experience for me. And I didn't go into the summer, you know, I wouldn't go into the summer doing like, I'm going to do a product marketing internship. I didn't go into the summer thinking I was going to learn a ton about how to go and hire someone. And so from my own experience, it really, it really kind of added, um, really added a lot of richness to something that probably wouldn't have happened and probably wouldn't, I didn't think it was, that was ever going to happen. So, um, but I think it does kind of start with, with what you said of just, um, uh, I always like to say, uh, it's, it's being able to blend confidence and humility, right? Right. knowing that you belong and like recognizing that you were, you're, you're there because of it, but also be, you know, having that beginner's mind of like, okay, well, you know, I'm not the know-it-all MBA, you know, hotshot who like can come in and start, you know, calling the shots like right away. So it's like, totally. it's kind of a little totally. bit of a blend if that makes sense. Yeah, right? no, it does. It does. And you're in the interview seat, but I'm going to turn the tables and ask you a question. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it sounds like your, your internship, sort of matched your expectations, but it was, there were, there were things you didn't expect, but you still kind of took on. Is that, yeah. is that kind of how you thought about it? Yeah, I know. And I think it's a great point. Um, and you know, I certainly had plenty of other things I did related to product marketing to help me understand if I was going to like it or not, but that was certainly an added bonus. But I think what it will goes to show is that when you make the most of the opportunity, there are always a set of things you think you're going to get, and then there's going to be some unexpected surprises as well. And I think that um, had I just been solely just focused on just sticking to the script and and really just focusing, oh, well, just here's my lane um, and sticking to that, I don't know if I would have seen that opportunity or gotten that experience. And so, yeah. but, you know, similar to you, um, I very much wanted to, you know, really be committed each and every day to what I was doing. And when I sure. saw that opportunity sure. come up, I was like, you know what, like, I want to, you know, I want to take this on. I want, um, um, not knowing like the longer term implications of it, but just under the auspice of, look, I'm going to be here for 10 to 12 weeks. I want to show that I'm committed, but also I want to, I want to get the most out of this. And right. I think that mindset uh, is what really drove me to raise my hand for that. And even a couple other things, but I do think that it, it, um, it, it starts with, I, the other thing I was going to say is like in both of that instance, and maybe I think maybe in your instance too, what also happened is that um, I don't think either of us waited around for someone to say, Hey, can you do this thing? Um, sure. it was more, it more came from both of us in our cases of being able to proactively kind of take ownership of that. And I think that yeah. is something that yeah. I think can really be valuable for, for interns, right? Um, like people aren't going to wait around, they're not going to read your mind. And so if there is something that you want, or there is something you're looking for, or even if it's to, to your point to ask a lot of questions, like you got to be the one that is driving that. Right. And right. Right. You have to be the one to, yeah, yeah, yeah. It sort of shows up in the, I was thinking the, the kind of opposite side of that, like what, what mistakes that folks yeah. made that I observed. Cause it, the, I think the thread that we've, we've kind of pulled through a little bit is like delivering on the project that you're given is, is sufficient for, or necessary, but probably yes. not sufficient. Maybe, yes. maybe it is, but don't bank on that, right? Just do, you got to do good work, but there's other yeah. tangibles too. Um, but the mistakes that I observed kind of, um, 
as always, there's sort of the, the Goldilocks principle here where there's the in-between is probably right. But I, I saw um, folks who got off to a really slow start, which is kind of mirroring what you're suggesting. So if you, um, you know, if, if you are timid at the start or, or are not proactive about the things that you want to do or that you want to learn, you don't have a plan. You sort of blink and you're in week three and then you're networking and trying to make a plan. All of a sudden it's in week six and they're deciding about full-time offers in week seven or eight. And all of a sudden you're gone. And, and that, that was a, I observed that more so than the other case, which is I'll talk about in a minute, but um, you know, you have, I, I suppose you have this experience that um, you, you can't be timid for. And, and, you know, we can talk about how we prepare for these kind of things, but you have to have a plan. I think you've got a lot of time to think about, about the plan uh, in and among the many, you know, classes and other things we're doing in, in mod four or whatever, whatever semester schedule everyone uses, but um, to not be able to, to kind of get in on day one and lean forward a little bit is challenging. Definitely saw that as a mistake, but the opposite of that is, is overthinking it, I think, which is, um, you know, your, your offer isn't, I don't think, I mean, having experiences from the other side of the table, your offer isn't really made or broken in one or two moments. It's kind of a, an aggregation of your, all the good things that you do that create good memories and create good, um, good feelings. It, I mean, could you have some egregious thing that, you know, gets you out in on day one, just like recruiting? Yeah, of course you could. Um, but it's really an, an accumulation of good, goodwill and good, um, um, good sense, good thought as you go over those, those 10 weeks. Um, but kind of the spectrum, obviously it's going to be Goldilocks, but that's kind of, um, I saw more of the former, like I said, the latter I saw a couple of, but it is more of the folks who just kind of, um, let the internship happen to them (laughs) instead of the other way around. Yeah, no, I, I thank you for bringing that up. And I think those are all incredibly valid, um, points and experiences I've seen as well. And I guess like one of the most like tactical kind of ways to look at this is that if let's say, for example, this is a normal under normal circumstances, a summer internship in consulting. So if a summer internship in consulting is 10 weeks or so, week one is usually onboarding and training, right? And week 10 is like, you're pretty much wrapped up at that point. So that means like week nine is when you usually do some sort of presentation. That also means that at week four or five is when you do your midsummer review, right? So if right. you're onboarding on week one and you're doing a review at week four or five, that basically gives you about two to three weeks to make a strong first impression. Right. And, right. So, and we had, I mean, I, you know, from yeah. my former firm, we had basically a party in the middle of the summer to right. check in yeah, on everybody. So you meant yeah. you were, you were basically down to like five and a half weeks worth of actual right. proof, proof points. Yeah. Right. So I think to, to underscore what you just said in terms of either however you want to look at it in terms of mistakes made or like best practices, um, coming in with a plan, I think is really valuable because that ensures that if you're on a compressed time frame like that, that you can hit the ground running and add value right away that gives you the chance to um, uh, better achieve your goals, whatever they are, whether that's the offer or whatever else you're doing. So I think that's the first thing that stands out. And the other thing, so uh, I, I actually think this, you know, particularly if you're doing a consulting internship, that's even more compressed in this time frame because it sounds like um, internships may even be shorter than the 10 weeks. So, um, and granted, like they're going to account for that as they do their evaluation. So I'll keep that in mind, but I, it still underscores the point that coming in with a plan is important as is hitting the ground running. 
I think the other thing that you said, even if you're not in consulting, and I've, I've seen this, and I'm sure you may have as well, but I remember my classmate told me the story once. They were in an internship that was 12 weeks, a little bit more time, a company that was well known for having a really great work-life balance, work-life culture, things like that. And they really wanted to make sure that they were aligned and fit in. And so um, very much like everyone else, they came in at 8.30, left at 4.30, like every day. Week six of their project, and they had like, um, they're basically, they pro- they're, the project that this person had for the summer, um, they had to present their findings basically like week 11 of week 12. But during week six, they were doing an interview process to get some data. And it was basically that week when they realized that for the things they needed for that presentation in week 11, they would not be able to get until they would basically need needed of like a 15 or 16 week internship to be able to get there. And the point of it was, is that um, if you're particularly if you're working uh, in an organization that's larger, um, sometimes you have to start early and right away to identify some of those longer term things that could potentially slow you up or extend out what you're doing and at least flag right. them to the right people so that you can, you can, they can know about them and you can kind of account for them. And fortunately, they were able to kind of work something out to de-scope with their manager. But the, the, the point of it was, is that um, if they had realized that like we, in the beginning, it probably wouldn't have been an issue, but right. because they had waited, um, uh, it, 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 it became like an issue that they had to deal with. So, Sure, sure. And, I think that, you know, the, the kind of opposite story, which is maybe a safety blanket for folks, because I, I firmly believe, and you do as well, that nobody goes into an internship thinking that things are going to go poorly. That would be, right. that would be silly. Yeah, so, sure. Um, a good friend of both of ours who uh, was part of the, the you know, our, our same yeah. firm um, had a great plan, had formerly worked for our firm and was going into the summer um, as an intern, ready to go hit the ground running, knew exactly what she was doing, um, did not get off to a good start for a whole bunch of different reasons that I'm, you know, I'm sure I don't really know the whole, the whole thing, but was very cognizant because she knew what she had to do to be successful, that things weren't going the way she wanted to. Um, and so raised an enormous amount of flags and by week five or six was talking to the, to the partners, talking to the right folks, talking to her buddies about how things could pivot to make sure she was back on track. Um, and changed a few things on the project and didn't even have to go do another engagement um, and ended up getting the offer no problem. But because she was cognizant that things weren't, she was trying to start the right way and it just was not getting to where she wanted to go on a project or a, kind of a personal connection, uh, she was able to pivot. So, um, you know, hope is not lost. That kind of yeah. gets the last one. Uh, you, if you've got sure. a plan and it's not going there, folks are there to make you successful. I, I think. Yeah. You know, maybe that's maybe one of the, the main things to take away the foot stomp, right? Is that um, firms spend a ton of money getting us into that internship seat, and they have invested a lot of time in us. There's opportunity costs for not picking other people. They truly want you to be successful. So, being part of that and being proactive and helping them help you get to the finish line, they want you to be there. They really do. Right. Um, so, you know, doing what you can. That's again, that's kind of my my always my story. I keep in the back pocket for yeah. interns who. We think things can't, you know, if they start poorly, they end poorly. Not, not the case. Sure. Um, if I think if you can, if you can be cognizant of it. Yeah. No. And I think what that again, like being a dead horse here, but I think what we should go deeper on it. What it illustrates, though, is that, and even in the case of your your the, this classmate as well as mine, um, if you come in with a plan or if you come in prepared, it it just increases your likelihood whether if things are going swimmingly or not, that you're going to get to the outcome that you want to get to. 
And so I'm just curious from your perspective, either from what you did or what you advise people to do, um, who you talk to, um, in terms of preparation, what, what are some things that can help so that you can, you know, hit the ground running or so that you can get off to the right, to the right start? Yeah, I, I wanted desperately to have, um, like a list of things to study, um, in content terms. I wanted to be, I remember really, you know, thinking whenever it was, it was February or March, I think of, of first year listing those things I wanted to be better at, right? I want to be better at PowerPoint. I want to be better at Excel. And I did some of those things, right? You can take courses and do that kind of stuff. But frankly, I didn't, uh, this will shock you in a consulting firm. I didn't actually use PowerPoint or Excel for most of the summer. Um, we just did a ton of interviews, which you can't, how, how can you prepare except to think, you know, structurally about how you take notes and things like that. So I think I tried to do those things and, and was always going to feel underprepared because there's really nothing like on the job training for some of that stuff. Um, but the things I thought were more useful were um, I was, uh, I did some, some pretty hefty self-reflection about the interest areas I had or had, I guess, um, and my pitch and kind of my approach to the summer. So the things that I thought when I got to the firm, I didn't want to be able, I didn't want to go to networking environment and say, I'm interested in everything that we do as a firm, help me decide. I wanted to be very specific and say, I'm really interested in M&A, business transformation and aerospace and media and telecom and that's it. And I'm, I'll listen, I'll help on other calls and listen a little bit, but I'm interested in these things. Can you help me? Um, and what can I do to help you and vice versa? So I, I was very keen on getting that down to a science. So if you haven't done that during your kind of recruiting, which I kind of advise people to do during recruiting even, um, is to have kind of that list of interest areas. If you haven't done that, get there. I, I recognize that it's different for industry. So maybe, maybe I'll turn that one on you for a second as, as kind of, as I finish the last one, which is, you know, I made good use of my buddies, like my, my second year buddies, my buddies that were assigned to me by the firm. Um, I think they were able to kind of like shake me a little bit and say like, that's a dumb question. Don't worry. You know, like you're going to be fine. We picked you and you picked us. So like, we're going to be fine together. We're in this together. Um, they helped kind of shake out some of the nerves I probably would have had otherwise. But what's your, what's your thought on, you know, you went to industry yeah. on the, on the second one. Yeah, no, it's a good, it's a good question. So I would say a couple things just to add to what you said. I, I totally agree with you on the buddy. And I think my one very tactical action oriented item that everyone can take is that if you are interning somewhere where there are summer interns from second year class who interned there last year, if you haven't, and I'm sure you've probably talked to them at this point for the recruiting process, but if you haven't talked to them to understand about what their internship experience was like, and also specifically just around the culture and how work gets done, I would say go and do that. Um, one of the things that is really hard sometimes is to truly understand how the way the work gets done and what the culture and environment is like when you're stepping into a new organization. And you're not going to get all the ins and outs in a half hour, an hour conversation, but anything you can do to, to understand what you're walking into before you get there, I think is only going to help. And a very like small example, right? Um, you know, like I think of a company like, um, like Amazon, right? And so they have 14 leadership principles, right? And so one of their leadership principles is disagree and commit. And what that is all about is you better come to the table with an opinion about why you believe something, have some data to back it up, and being able to defend it. But once they decide what they're going to do, like you better be on board with executing it. 
And so like, if you know that, like you better come in with a mindset of like, if I'm going to be assigned a deliverable, I need to make sure that I gather, gather the right data and present it in a way, in a compelling way and defend it. Right. Um, and you know, that's something you can think about beforehand and absorb. Um, or you might be, um, you might learn that through talking with people like, Hey, we're in an organization that really values consensus. Right. And a lot of organizations, particularly bigger ones tend to be this way. So if that's the case, like if you're working on a project for your summer, that probably means that you're going to probably have to do a lot of stakeholdering in terms of showing people what you're working on, asking for their feedback, getting their buy-in. And so if you know that going in, like once you get your assignment, um, you know, that's going to going to be top of mind in terms of how you go about uh, the process. Because as sure. you know, as well as I do, um, even if you have the right idea or if you have the right mindset, if you're not going about things in the right way, uh, it may you're, it may make it a lot harder for you to get something done. Um, yeah, so I would just start yeah. like number one with like, if you know someone who worked at that company that you're going to, um, absorb that as much as you can. Um, and then I would say that uh, two, in terms of industry specific, so yes, so for a couple things, um, nothing is ever going to replicate what it's like to certainly like work in an industry, but um, if I think about consultants, right, like very easy low hanging fruit is just to uh, keep a pulse on what's going on in the industry. Um, particularly, I mean, right now, consultants uh, who they make their, I mean, part of being a consultant is to show up on the client side on Monday and come back on Thursday night. Like that is a huge part of the identity of many consultants. That is Ooh. not happening right now. Like it's right. just not because no one's traveling. And so hmm. that, that's that was a, a goal of mine thing. for the summer was yeah. to figure out whether that was something I minded or not. hundred percent. Yeah. Right. And so now that's not happening. And so that's a very different way of working. So go right. find out what that's like right now, because that is certainly like, is going to be different. Right. And the ways in which um, project teams might work together might be different as well. So you might want to go sure. and understand what's going on there. The other thing um, I think you could probably do right now um, is to start um, to what, do what Tony did. Start thinking about the things you want to learn, the skills you want to build, or the areas of interest that you have that once you walk away from the summer, you will have wanted to be able to say, I'm glad I got insight into that. Whether it's because it confirmed what you thought, it enriched what you were thinking, or told you that, well, I'm glad I know that because now I don't want to do that. Um, sure. Because to, to, to what you were saying, Tony, like you you, you, it will be a busy summer. And if you're all over the place or if you haven't thought about that, you're just going to kind of maybe like be a little bit, maybe be a little bit behind. And so I would sure. definitely put some thought like into that. And then I would say well, maybe, you, yeah, oh, go ahead. sorry. No, yeah, go ahead. No. yeah. I think connecting it back to something I said earlier too, what, what I found, um, was that the relationships I had, I kind of mentioned this were, um, were continued then into the, my, into my full yeah. time because you think, you know, um, Consulting is somewhat different in this way, but not a whole lot. When all of us show up in August 1st of the following year and every single one of us wants a project, um, but I had shown my interest in, yeah. hey, remember remember me, I want to do your space. I'm here willing to do whatever. If you don't have somebody, somebody in mind, I'm your guy. It's just, it's, so, it's not competitive, right? But you, you need to come in with that network. Right. We don't need to, but it, it makes it your helps. life easier for sure. It, it, um, no, it absolutely does. But, and it definitely proved um, 
worthwhile for me. I, I got my first project through somebody I had connected with over the summer. It was great. I mean, it, it was just a, an easy way yeah. to continue the conversation. But yeah, I'm sorry. Go, go no, ahead. no, 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 for sure. Um, and from an industry lens, like I think, or function lens, I would learn about what the deliverables are that you're going to, that are typically someone in your role typically produces. And, you know, to Tony's point, if you're a consultant, it's pretty clear. Um, decks and Excel models and in Tony's case, interview transcripts. Um, but right. just get familiar with it. Like you may not be able to change much now, but just get in the mindset of it. I mean, if you're, um, you know, if you're a brand manager, you know, start digging into the types of tools that they typically use to generate the outputs that they need, right? And whether, you know, I mean, maybe the end output is a deck, but like, you know, if there's any type of um, like Nielsen data that typically they look at or any of those other things, like it's good to kind of learn what those things are because there's going to be a learning curve for in terms of you knowing how to use them. Um, so it's just something right. to keep in mind. Um, I know for me, um, when I was going through my summer internship, I knew I was going to be in PowerPoint or Keynote, but the way in which the company worked at like did it was entirely different than what I was accustomed to from the consulting days. So even just kind of getting my mind wrapped around that was really helpful because it, I knew I was going to have to do it in an entirely different way. And, and right. so um, like, and then um, yeah, like, and then specific industries are a little bit easier than others. I mean, like um, I think the, but the other thing, regardless of your industry, I think it's a really important thing to learn. Like right now is like, how is your industry or your fun and your function responding to uh, the world of work right now? Right. Sure, and like sure. what's going on. Right. Yeah. Um, huge, hugely important. Yeah. I, th I think that's a, yeah, great, great points all around. I mean, like if I can foot stomp the ones that you shared, like culturally, you can get to know what the firm's going to be doing or the company, mm -hmm. sorry, should, should take company to make it a little more applicable. And yeah. secondly, you're right. You're absolutely right. Like what am, what am I going to be working on? What types of things am I going to be working on? So I'm, I'm prepared and what is my work environment going to look like? But yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, I think so. Because the content, I don't want to say the content takes care of itself, but I think um, to come back to that, like there are a, a lot of, you know, much is expected of us, but, but still we're students and they understand that yeah. too. I think that's, we can, to underline that as well, like you do. Right. Um, the projects I saw some of the interns can after me get were, were complex and they're really hard. Um, especially the ones that I, I do aerospace, as you know, um, especially the ones in defense when you're talking through supply chains and spare parts and try to forecast some stuff like that. Those are really hard things for folks who don't know how to do that. Um, but we were willing to teach. It was really just like, if you could embrace the culture and you wanted to be here, we would, somebody would spend all night teaching you if that's really what you wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah. So I would be remiss if we didn't talk about this, but all the advice we're given, I think is still valid. But the reality of it is, is that the way in which you're going to do your internship this summer is going to be different in that it most likely going to be remote or virtual, at least for part of it. So I would love to maybe talk a little bit about this just in terms of virtual and remote best practices. Um, and you and I have both have had some experience with this just because um, you get a little bit of exposure to it or varied exposure to it when you work in consulting, just because of the nature of the model. And, um, you know, you know, sometimes you're working with teams in different offices and you just end up having to work remote every anyway. Um, but we're both certainly like living this right now uh, in terms of the work that we're doing today, but, you know, trying to put it in context for people. So um, let's start with just kind of like, you know, the, here's the way of the land. So number one, um, this is a new way of work for pretty much everyone full time, mm -hmm. right? With the varied exceptions, yep. right? There are some people who have always been this way, but for the majority of folks, the, this is new for a lot of us and people are still very much learning how to manage it. Um, I think the second thing to keep in mind is that everyone for the most part that you're working with right now, 
um, is not only working, but on the side, they are either playing teacher or childcare provider or like thinking about their parents or their loved ones or they've got other stuff going on. And home and, and work are one and the same. So um, it's just the reality of the world that we're living in right now. Um, I think the third thing that's probably happening is, is that as a result of the move to virtual environments and not having the um, water cooler kind of environment of what you would get in an office of when you could pop over to the water cooler or kitchen and talk to someone, all of those moments where work happens have to, like, they're just not there. And so right. those kinds of ways, and in particular for interns, can, which are really great in terms of building relationships and building trust, um, aren't like happening. Um, the fourth thing mm-hmm. I think that's, that's real, very real is that there's a lot of changes in terms of, um, the organizations, either in terms of their priorities, uh, because of COVID or quite frankly, personnel, whether that's, uh, org restructurings, uh, whether that's workforce reductions, um, mm-hmm. there's, there's a lot of, there's a, there's a lot of change that's going on as a result of having to respond to all of this. So I set that just as context of like, this is, this is what you're going to be, you know, like walking back in, into, not to scare you, but just to give you like the lay of the land. But, um, and so now my question for you, Tony, um, after I've given this long preamble, but um, just in terms of, you know, thinking about being a summer intern, starting off in a new company and having to work remote or virtual, what, um, you know, what are some thoughts around like, <sighs> like some of the things I just said in terms of like, well, how do you actually go about communicating the right ways? Or like, if you are the intern now, I mean, relationship building was always important when you were an intern, like it just was, but now in a virtual environment, like, what do you, like, how do you even go about that? Like, it still is important, but like, it just, the, it changes a little bit, right? It definitely does. To to make a quick observation about the environment, it is definitely unsettled and that's okay. Um, but we feel unsettled too. So I think that's yeah, <laughs> important to know. Of course. I, I think, yeah. you know, you and I have talked about this off, off in different forms, but um, folks who are not used to remote work, which consultants can be because we used to you know, do most of our Fridays remote um, for the first couple of weeks. And it's kind of died down. It's getting a little settled. The calendar was always full. The email box was always full. There were, there was a lot of, it was unsettled, frankly. And some of that's changed. Um, the thing that I, I think is still in my mind that is worth knowing, I think, for, for interns, incoming interns, is that we're not, we haven't quite figured out how things have changed. Um, and what I mean by that is that the expectations, at least in my business, um, and we've been relatively unaffected by this, which is, which is a bit nuts, but when you are relying on the defense budget, that's kind of what happens. Um, we, deadlines haven't shifted. Um, the same work is expected, if not more. Um, and so we haven't quite, nobody's really raised a hand yet and said, no, I'm sorry, I can't actually do what you asked me to do because the environment's different. So I think we just assume that business is as usual. And I don't know that that's actually true. So that is all to confirm. I think things are a little unsettled. Um, I don't think anyone is going to be disadvantaged by that. Let me, let me say that. Our intern starts in two weeks and she has an extraordinary resume and I'm really excited for her. I do not think she'll be disadvantaged by by coming into this odd environment. Um, but let me actually answer your, your question. Just, uh, just know we're in this boat with you. That's all I'm, I'm saying in my preamble. Um, I thought of three, three things. Well, I have a laundry list as always, but on the communication side, I think these are really important. Um, one is best practice for calls anyway, but for, for phone calls, you have to prepare. You have to spend time preparing. I know that that sounds intuitive, but it is, you know, 
when I was a rookie at this, I spent, I don't know, 20 or 30 minutes preparing for a 30 minute phone call. Every single call, I promise you, if you have clear objectives and agenda and you confirm at the end and say, hey, I just wanted to, even if it's a buddy, right? Say, here, I want to talk about these three things. Um, what I hope to get out of this is a better understanding about what you do for a living because I'm really interested in working for this company full time. I'm an intern and so forth. Um, if you're extraordinarily clear, just like you did in your recruiting calls, um, then you'll be in good shape, I, I think. So that's, that, dust that off. That's a, that's a no-brainer. Have a good structure when you, when you approach calls. Um, the second is that uh, you got to polish up on your writing. Um, obviously, a lot is done over email, and um, we we are adjusting to being extraordinarily specific about what you have to do, by when, who's doing it, and all all the things that seem intuitive, but that is going to be extraordinarily crucial this summer. I think is just being very clear. What do you need? Like I think that's. Um, if I observe, you know, my, my analysts or folks who are kind of down the chain, sometimes I get to an end of the email. I say, like, what, so what do you want me to do? I, I understand, but what do you want me to do about it? Just be very, so polish up your writing is maybe that, that kind of foot stomp. Um, and the final one before I, I move on to the relationship side, building side of this thing is, um, I think I, I think of this like leader follower concept. And when I do my check-ins with my analysts now and, and when the inter with interns when I have them, um, was kind of structured like what are the two things that go well what what two ups right and that's it doesn't mean it's you're crushing it it just means you feel good about it it's good strengths what are the two things that you're down on like i i did great at this i just hate that and i never want to do it again and then what i say this what can i do to better support you um so i think that if that framework or whatever framework you want to use gets you very clear about what's going well what you don't feel good about um, sets a good stage for honesty, I think, and, and sort of that goes into relationship building. But I've said quite a bit. So like to, to sum up, like get an agenda, have an agenda format and use it every time you get on the phone. You're, that's number one. Second is polish up on your writing and just get better as the summer goes. And then third is have, have some framework you just want to approach with your leaders um, to, to make sure they understand how, how you feel about how things are going and, and vice versa. What do you think? What's yeah. your... Yeah. yeah. What do you think? No, I think that's, I think those, I think that's spot on. And I think what it, you speak to is that particularly because of the fact that you cannot be physically next to people or have those conversations, communicating the right message with that it is clear and understandable is more important than before because so much can get lost in translation, particularly through email or, um, maybe less so spoke like spoken online, but like particularly through email or through other like mechanisms. Right. And so um, I think the clearer you can be and the more concise you can be and the more action oriented you can be, I think the better it's going to, the better it's going to be for you in terms of communicating with others. So I think that's number one. And I think the second thing that ties with that is every, as I was saying earlier, every company is different in terms of the ways of working they have for how work gets done. And like, as an example, even before this, Tony and I were just talking just offhand about, oh, well, you know, how do you guys run meetings? And they do a lot of phone calls, whereas we do a lot of Google Hangouts, right? And so um, I think one of the things that you can do early on is really to just truly understand like the different ways in which work gets done, particularly around communications, whether that's email, whether that's uh, meetings on Google Hangout or conference calls, et cetera. And really kind of uh, 
get into that motion as well so that you're being consistent. But also with that is like understanding how to best communicate in those environments. And so like, let me give you an example. Um, you know, on my team, like with my manager, like if I need to get a yes, no decision from her, I will either ping her or send her the ping her via Google Hangout or send her a email that just says, I need a yes, no. And here's what it is. If I need to like get her to do like a review of something, like I will set up a meeting where we can use a collaboration doc and like go through it together so I can get her real time feedback. If I need to like actually have like a more like brainstorming or conversation, I will set up time uh, a little bit longer time so that we can actually just collaborate on something. Um, and then if I just need to talk to her just to let her know how I'm doing or like to have more of like a um, a one-on-one, I will schedule time and like we might not even use any type of document. We'll just like be focused on like communicating with each other. But depending right. on the mechanism or with the, depending on the outcome I'm trying to achieve, the the form of which I choose to communicate her will will vary. And right. um and I think everyone's gonna it's part of that is gonna be based off the culture that you're in. Um, part of it's going to be based off of uh, um, how you and your boss communicate best. Um, and also part of it's probably going to be based off of um, how good your IT department is at supplying you with the right tools and technologies to get your, get your job done. No, no, no kidding. And, I mean, yeah, that's the pain, the pain everyone's feeling. Yeah, yeah, shout out God, to all God the, bless them. They're, do, they're doing everything they can, right? Yeah, they really but, are. Um, but yeah, no, so that, that's kind of like some of the things that I was, um, that I was thinking about just in terms of, Uh, being able to drive the communication. But I do like it all started with going back to your point of how important it is to um, how to understand how to communicate effectively, um, which seems like a very like obvious like thing. But I think it just it gets um, it's 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 simple to understand. It's easy to easy to execute and it gets more difficult in kind of a virtual environment, I guess. It definitely does, especially when when folks are unsettled and pressed for time. I think that's, mm-hmm. that's the thing that can't go away. I, I think, you know, when I thought about the, how would I approach this summer, basically, um, you know, all of those, which you what would have been coffee chats. You still have to do those. I think, yeah, um, I think so too. You still have to make them phone calls and they're going to be hard and irritating, but you still got to do them. So I was, I, you know, that would give me some, you know, as someone who likes being face to face and an and, and, and introvert who takes a lot of time to prepare and then needs to kind of regroup, man, that stuff is hard for me anyway. Um, so I feel for folks who are, are there, but you need to do it anyway. That's kind of the, um, you, you've got to sort of embrace that folks are going to be okay with it as long again, as you, or as you're kind of structured and have, even if your outcome is, I just want to learn a little bit more about what you're working on and maybe how I can help. That's, um, I will, I'll accept those all day long. I honestly yeah. will. Um, and the, the other side of that too, is that I think the follow-up becomes more important, um, where, you know, I've got, I've got a coffee chat, I, you know, consulting is always like a little bit different because we're, there's expected work that's nights and weekends kind of work, you know, the, yeah. the, the firm activities as we would call them. But, um, you know, I, I think in the virtual environment, the, the follow-up where you, um, it's not a thank you note per se, but you say, Hey, I'd love to talk to you in a couple of weeks because I'm working on this project and I want to show you something or. Hi everyone. LD here, and thank you so much for listening to the MBA Insider Podcast. If you liked what you heard, make sure to head over to Apple Podcasts and to write a review. It will only take 15 seconds. I'd also love to hear what you've been listening to on the podcast and any suggestions you have for how we can improve. Find me on LinkedIn or head over to mbaschooled.com backslash podcast.